This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulated and their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash Purple Rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. OutSchool.com slash Purple Rocket, code Purple Rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Life. Episode 11, Francine and the Frowny Brownies. <clears throat> uh, is this thing on? Yeah? Okay, good. My name is Francine Grinley, but most people call me Francy Pants because I like to wear fancy clothes, which is funny because they're actually not that fancy. They're just different from what other people wear. Most kids come to school in jeans, t-shirts, dresses, skirts, that kind of stuff. But I like to wear ski goggles and big jumpsuits covered in glitter and tinfoil dresses and white shirts and pants with pink feathers glued all over them. 
So it's definitely not fancy. My parents couldn't afford fancy. It's just different. I like to think of that as my life motto. Be different. I wanted to tell you about a time where it really paid off to be different. It happened in my hometown of Brownsville. Brownsville is an odd place with very little color. Lots of abandoned factories, overflowing dumpsters, and super dirty streets. It honestly looks like a war zone. But it wasn't always like that. Long before I was born, Brownsville was considered the brownie capital of the world. Bet you didn't think there was such a thing. But that's what they called it. Because every factory in town was dedicated to baking the most moist, chocolatey, fudgy brownies you've ever eaten. You'd think the competition would be stiff, but it wasn't. All of the factories worked together. Some making Rocky Road brownies with marshmallows and nuts. Others making sea salt caramel swirl brownies. Oh, and one even made brownie ice cream sandwiches. Mmm, wish I could have tried that one. Sounds amazing, huh? Well, it was, apparently. And the people of Brownsville, or brownies as they were called, were some of the nicest, happiest people around. So happy that most of the world considered Brownsville the second happiest place on Earth, just behind Disneyland. Everyone was always smiling and paying each other compliments. There was a brownie festival almost every month, and picnics, parades, and dances weekly. I mean, could you ask for a better place to live? Well, guess what? It's nothing like that anymore. Not even close. It all came to a screeching halt when someone named Frederick Frownlin, a real sourpuss, somehow became mayor of our town. And his first order of business was to dial down the happiness. Can you believe that? Dial down the happiness? Who would request such a crazy thing? He thought everyone in Brownsville was too happy. So, somehow, he convinced everyone to dampen their mood, and it worked. He won. Since then, the factories gradually shut down, all but one. The brownies needed their brownies, since that was literally all they ate for every meal. But then tourists stopped coming, which made people frown even more. You should have seen everyone's faces here. Their frowns were practically dragging on the ground. Not even the funniest comedian on the planet could make these people crack. You'd have to drive five hours to Gumtown just to find a smile. No one ever thought they'd see the day where Gumtown had more happiness than the brownie capital of the world. You know what Glumtown Gumtown's known for? Nope. Not gum. Dentists. Anyway, I wasn't one to complain. I was frowning right along with them. Like the rest of them, I couldn't explain why. I was just bummed out all the time. I didn't know any better. I was born into it. But then there was this one week when things started to change. I'd gotten really, really sick and could hardly eat my usual brownie meals. Trying to see if some fresh air would help, I went for a walk. It wasn't long before I started to notice just how depressing my town was. I remember passing people in the park with slumped shoulders, shuffling their feet, and passing a flat ball back and forth. I lose said a sad-looking little boy. No, I lose, said an even sadder-looking girl. The deflated ball fell with a plump, and they both poked at it with their feet. At the other end of the park was a young couple playing with their toddler at the splash pad, only they didn't look like they were having fun at all. 
Water squirted out of the ground and sprayed their sad expressions. Even the toddler, with a toy in one hand and a big popsicle in the other, frowned. It looked like they just found out their dog died or something. Then I saw Lady Isabel sitting on a bench next to the giant bronze statue of a chocolatey brownie, watching the sad scene. She was the oldest person in town and was probably the grumpiest since she'd lived to see so many moping faces. She wore a loose flowing moo-moo dress and her cheeks sagged so low around her scowl that they hid her neck. She looked like a really sad bobblehead doll. I ran up to her. Lady Isabel, I said. She looked up at me. What do you want? She asked in her rough voice. What's wrong with your face? Nothing was wrong with my face. It just wasn't frowning as much as everyone else's for whatever reason. Nothing's wrong with my face, I said defensively. I just wanted to ask you a question. Well, what is it? Can't you see I'm busy? I paused and noted how not busy she was, unless breathing counted as being busy. Do you remember ever being happy? I asked her. Now even Isabel's eyes were frowning. Happy? She huffed. Eh, I don't. Eh, actually, I do remember something. There was this one time when I was a little girl that I had this indescribably warm feeling and my face did this. She pushed her saggy cheeks up high on her face. I think they call it a schmeelay. A smile? I said. That's it. A smile. I had one of those once, at the summer Brownsville Brownie Fest. That was the last time I ever felt it. You know what? I think I have a picture of that day somewhere. Isabel dug through her enormous blue purse and pulled out an old black and white photo. She handed it to me. In it were happy people dancing, riding carousels, playing games, laughing, and there was one very happy little girl in the center, holding a brownie on a stick with the biggest smile I'd ever seen. Is that you? I asked her, pointing to the girl. Isabel's sagging frown jiggled as she nodded. Mind if I borrow this for the day? I asked her. You gonna make a poster out of it? She said. Or an advertisement? I charge modeling fees, you know. Suddenly, a weird tickling feeling crept up from my belly and it made my mouth twitch. No, nothing like that, I told her. I'll get it back to you by dinner. Promise. Isabel agreed, so I tucked the photo in my pocket and headed straight for City Hall. There, on the third floor, I found the office of the city party planner. The pathetic-looking man was slowly blowing up brown, frowny-face balloons, looking like he was about to burst into tears between each blow. Excuse me, I said. Air tooted long and steady out of the balloon as the man turned and looked at me with a long face. Yes, he said. I was wondering if we had any records of this celebration. I handed him Isabel's photo. A second after the man's sad eyes glanced at it, they glared back up at me. Where did you get this? He snapped. Um, does that matter? I was just wondering- Get out! He shouted. You just came barging into my office like you own the place. Out! I'm an elected official and you are wasting precious taxpayer dollars with your questions. Be gone with you. 
The door slammed in my face. I would have just given up then and there, but something bubbled up inside me. It felt kind of good, like I was on to something. And when I thought of the tooting frowny face balloon, I could feel my mouth starting to bend up towards my eyes a smidge. As I walked through the hall, I thought hard about why the party planner would act so strange after seeing that photo. It wasn't strange that he was grouchy and mean. Like I said, that was the norm. But the fact that he wouldn't even answer my question was definitely weird. There was something about Isabel's photo that set him off. Up ahead, I saw a wall of pictures. Maybe they'd have a clue, I thought. I walked up and scanned over every single one. There were dozens of them, some big and elaborately framed, like the ones of the mayor at a ribbon-cutting ceremony, everyone looking sad and depressed, of course. Others were much smaller, like one of an ice cream fundraiser with frowning kids holding huge ice cream cones. My heart stopped a few pictures over when I saw a familiar black-and-white photo. The scene had families riding carousels, smiling, laughing, and eating brownies on a stick. I held Isabel's photo up to it. Yep, it was definitely the same festival. But in this much bigger photo, I could pick out more detail. I noticed two kids in the background eating their brownies and frowning. No big deal, they were probably just ungrateful little brats. But then I noticed a few frowning adults in the background, watching a juggler while eating their brownies. That was odd. From what I had learned about this thing called happiness, this would have been the perfect occasion to smile at. The more I looked, the more frowning people I found. Something happened here, I thought. Something at this festival made everyone frown. But what was it? People from Glumville were always too chipper for my taste, came a voice from behind me. I whirled around to see Mayor Frederick Frownland dressed in his usual brown pinstripe suit scowling down at me. I swallowed. Gumville, sir? That's what you're looking at right there, he said. Smiley visitors from Glumville. They always came down to our festivals and started trouble. Always grinning, always laughing, disgusting. The mayor almost spat at the thought of it. I held up the photo in my hand. But sir, how is that possible when the little smiling girl in this photo is the oldest citizen in Brownsville? Mayor Frownlin froze, glancing between my photo and the one on the wall. When he finally looked back at me, his stare cut me to the bone. May I have a word with you in my office? Sure, I said, following him into the corner room. I made sure the door stayed open. The mayor took a seat in his tall wingback chair, surrounded by shelves upon shelves of dusty books. All of the titles that I could read from my seat were depressing. Histories of disease and war, tragedy novels, how to do nothing with your life for dummies. It was a real downer collection. Now that I looked closer, even his huge wooden desk looked like a frown. It curved up in the middle, which seemed to be a terrible design for a desk, making the mayor write papers at a slant. Little girl, the mayor said. It's Francine, isn't it? My grandfather was the original mayor of this town. He paused to make sure I was impressed. I wasn't, he continued. He was a visionary man, quick to find problems that needed to be snuffed out. The people of Brownsville, or the Brownies, as we are sometimes called, 
were too happy, always smiling obnoxiously at everyone who came to visit. Their incessant giggling and laughter was driving away tourists. It was seen as overbearing and uncomfortable. So tourists stopped coming to the festivals. That can't be right, I interrupted. All of the photos I've ever seen of the earliest festivals are jam-packed with people. More people than we have living here now. Today we hardly get a bus full of visitors and it's usually just the prisoner transport mistaking it for the county jail. Possible, the mayor admitted. But what do I care? So long as the smiling and laughter and ridiculous giggling is gone... We've finally been able to get some work done around here since that festival you cleverly pointed out. What did you do? You mean, what did my grandfather do? The inspired man opened up a brownie factory of his own and baked the brownies with special ingredients that would tone down everyone's happiness. He handed out his brownies on a stick to everyone at that festival, and pretty soon, as planned... Everyone was rid of their happy disease. Our factory was the only one left to provide you so graciously with your daily meals. I stared at him, stunned. Then it hit me. I realized why I had been feeling differently all day. Since I was sick, I had hardly eaten any of the contaminated brownies the mayor had been feeding us. The brownies that kept us down. At that moment, I felt my mind getting clear, as if a cloud was lifting around me. The more the cloudy feeling left, the better I felt. Why are you telling me all this? I asked him. The mayor showed his yellow teeth through his scowl. Because, Francine, it feels good to finally let someone in on the family secret. Unfortunately for you, I now have to ship you off to a boarding school in Greenwich. A real nasty one that only serves weak old green beans for lunch. I'll have security wait for you at the exit. They'll take you there and bring you a few necessities. A few pairs of clothes, your pillow, maybe your toothbrush if you're lucky. And don't worry, I'll make sure your parents get a real believable story to explain your disappearance. How does that sound, Francie Pants? Hearing the nickname suddenly sent that tickle through my belly again. But this time I snorted. <coughs> the mayor looked at me confused. Francy Pants? <laughs> A sound burst from my lips. One I'd never heard before. A laugh, maybe? And then I felt it. Something was happening below my nose. My cheeks felt weightless. And my mouth curled upward. I reached up and felt my lips. For the first time in my life, I was smiling. The cheesy grin took up half my face. The mayor slammed back into his chair as if a jet engine had flipped on on the other side of his desk. What are, what are you doing? Don't do that. Stop. Stop this instant. Somehow I smiled even wider. The mayor couldn't take it. He tried to look away, to close his eyes, but he couldn't. P please don't. His lip twitched up on one side. I, I can't. I won't. He spoke now out of half his mouth, which was smiling. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Here it comes. Despite his best efforts, the mayor's mouth shot up into a smile. It was a goofy, awkward smile with the same nasty yellow teeth, but it was glorious nonetheless. 
I could tell the same cloud had lifted from him, and a sense of relief made him sink contently into his chair. Good day, Mayor, I said cheerily, helping myself out. The second I left the building, I headed straight for the park. Everywhere, frowning faces were turning to see my beaming smile. One by one, their frowns turned upside down. I marched up to Lady Isabel on the bench and handed her the photo. Thanks, Isabel. Hope you have a wonderful day. Almost every wrinkle in the woman's face stretched as the first smile in over 75 years crossed her face. From there, I went house to house, smiling and waving, paying compliments, and wishing everyone a wonderful day. The happy attitude was contagious, spreading from face to face until every single person in town was beaming. My smiling friends and family carried me on their shoulders and heaved me up onto the bronze brownie statue in the park. There, I told them all that I had learned, about who we really were, and about how we were going to take back our town one smile at a time. And guess what? We did. As punishment for his crimes, Mayor Frownlin became the official funky brownie taste tester. I know what you're thinking. That doesn't sound so bad. But when I say funky brownie taste tester, I mean funky. The brownie chefs have been known to get a little ambitious with their test flavors. Picture mushroom brownies, nacho cheese-filled brownies, we cold green bean brownies. Okay, that last one was made at my request. All of them had to be stuffed down and rated. Last I saw Frownlin, he was sitting in his swivel chair, pen and paper in hand, staring down a brownie egg sandwich and trying to muster the courage to dig in. Once Frownlin and his conspirators were taken care of, all of the brownie factories were reopened. Ten more festivals were added to our calendar. People regularly greeted each other with a smile and gave each other compliments. Tourists from all over heard about the town's new attitude and flocked back in droves to our festivals. Not just for our one-of-a-kind brownies, but for the friendly hospitality of our town. Years later, the people of Brownsville made me Francy Pants, mayor of the town. My first day in office, I wore a dress made entirely of old neckties. It was awesome. And ever since, we have been the happiest place on earth. Seriously, Disneyland is a funeral home in comparison. So if you're ever feeling like the mood around you is down, that there's a cloud hanging over you and everyone else, try this one little trick I learned. Smile. Rocket Review! Hey, Rocketeers! I hope this story made you smile at least once. And maybe feel hungry for a brownie. I love a good hot fudgy brownie with a scoop of ice cream. Mm, that sounds so good. I thought this story was important for all of us to hear because the power of smiling is real. It is contagious. And it makes you and the people who see it feel great. Science has proven just how powerful smiling is. When we smile, natural chemicals, endorphins, and serotonin are released in our brain. Serotonin is a chemical that acts as an antidepressant. It fights off sadness. 
And endorphins help with pain relief and make you feel good. That's what's released when people exercise. Because of this, smiling can help boost your immune system and fight off illness. Even forcing yourself to smile when you're blue can lift your mood. Smiling also relieves stress. Because while stress increases heart rate and blood pressure, smiling can lower your heart rate. They also happen to make you look better. And they improve your odds of getting a promotion at your job. I know you guys don't have to worry about that yet, but for future reference. And even though your face might need up to 53 muscles just to do it, it's still easier to smile than it is to frown. Because we've done it more. So obviously, smiling is very good for us. And I am a major believer in the contagious power of smiling. Even when you've only got a little bit of it in you, do it. And pretty soon, the smile will get bigger and more sincere and everyone around you will be smiling. Unless you're a supervillain and it's an evil grin on your face. You might not get the same result. Rocketeers, use the power of smiling. Test it out. Try to smile to people at school today, at your teacher, your friends, your parents. See what happens. I can almost guarantee that your day will go better. So keep smiling, Rocketeers. Thank you all so much for listening to Life, which is a production of the Purple Rocket Podcast. If you've enjoyed these stories, please leave us a review on iTunes and let us know what you think. And don't forget to tune in next Monday for an all-new episode. This is your host, Greg Webb.